Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Church Online. I hope that you're well rested, that you've had a great weekend, and that you're ready with your coffee cups this morning, because we're going to have an awesome time of worship and an incredible sermon. Before we get going, I'd like to just share a sweet little scripture with, with you that my friend sent me this week and that really encouraged me. It's from Isaiah 30, verse 18. For this reason, the Lord is waiting to show his favor to you, so he can show you his marvelous love. He waits to be gracious to you. He sits on his throne ready to show mercy to you. For Yahweh is the Lord of justice, faithful to keep his promises. Overwhelmed with bliss are all those who entwine their hearts with him, waiting for him to help them. How awesome is that? I hope that that blesses you and that you would, the Holy Spirit would minister that word into your heart if you're needing encouragement today. I hope that you enjoy the sermon and our worship service, so feel free to engage in your lounge and let the Holy Spirit work through you and your family. So I'm going to just pray. Father, I ask that you would touch everyone that is watching this sermon today. I ask that you would bless them, that you would bless their families, and that you would minister, minister through them with song. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Yes, God. Yes, God. You alone are holy, Jesus. You alone are holy, God. Oh,
Lord, you are holy, you are mighty. We praise you, Father God. We lift your name up, Lord God. We worship you, Lord God. We adore you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, you dwell on the inside of us, Lord God. We lift our name, we lift up our hands in worship and in adoration of who you are and what you have done. We thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you that we're able to worship you, Lord God, and to gather, Lord God. We praise you and we worship you. Your holy name, I pray. Amen. Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, worship team. Thank you for everybody for making this service happen. Uh, it's so good to have you with us. If you're joining us for the first time, please give us a wave in the comment section. Just wave emoji. Tell us where you're from. And, uh, yeah, we'd like to get to know, to, to, to get you to know you better. And if you want to get to know more about us, in our description of this video, there is a link to our website. And if you, if you want to get in touch with us or you want any, if you have any prayer requests or also if you just want to join a group or find out more about us as a church you know if you want to get hooked up there's also a link there it will take you in the whatsapp number it will take you to whatsapp and you can text us and uh, you know just say what up uh, but besides that thank you for joining us this morning so today we have Pastor Wayne sharing the word again uh, we're having our final session on a final sermon in our series flow uh yeah it's promised to be a action-packed ending to this wonderful series i don't know about you but i have been really blessed to it and i'm looking forward to what pastor wayne has to share for us so before we get into it let's pray the prayer father in heaven i commit this time to you i believe your plans for me are good and everything good starts with your word your word brings life healing and direction i treasure your word more than my daily bread I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Enjoy the word. Well, good morning, church. Hey, I hope that you guys are all well. Um, yes, I'm not in the church. I'm actually on my SUP and uh, out on the water and doing a little bit of a paddle. And... Uh, yeah, I figured, hey, while we're doing video sermons, there's no reason why I can't do some out here. So this is my pulpit for today. Woohoo! Yeah, and also there is some method in my madness, okay? Um, we are looking, we're doing a series at the moment called Flow. And uh, in this series, we're looking at a river in Ezekiel chapter 47, a prophetic picture that the prophet Ezekiel talks about. He talks about this river of life that's flowing. So. Um, I am here on the Omgeni River, yeah, okay, so you can kind of see the Omgeni all around me over here, and um, I want to draw like a bit of an illustration for us this morning from this river, this famous river called the Omgeni. So just to give you a little bit of background, this river, the Omgeni River, starts in uh, Peter Marisburg up in the Midlands, past Peter Marisburg up in the Midlands. And it's 200 something kilometers long, so it's a long river and it flows all the way from the Midlands and it ends up here in the Indian, I was just about to say the Dead Sea, the Indian Ocean, okay, it flows into the Indian Ocean, which is not the Dead Sea. Um, yeah, and, and I know Andre is very quick to point out that because it's the Indian Ocean, it's his ocean, but bro, I want to say, if you don't use it, then you lose it. So. So it's only your ocean if I see you in your boardies and, and your surfboard 
then then it's your ocean bro anyway okay so it flows out into the Indian Ocean and this river has actually got a bit of like um, I don't know a bit of nostalgia for me because I spent many evenings down here learning how to paddle a canoe learning how to actually sit in a canoe and paddle it not an easy thing okay um, and so unfortunately I spent many moments actually swimming in this water trying not to swallow it um, so I learned to paddle here and there's a lot of life in this river man there's actually I mean even as I'm paddling now there's little fish darting everywhere and um, okay there's a helicopter just trying to steal my preach go away <laughs> um, yeah see you left anyway so so yeah there's a lot of life in this river a lot of birds down here on the banks of this river and um, uh, behind me and to my right over there are the mangrove swamps okay and for all those biology people like you would get excited by the mangrove swamps I mean if you like bugs and crabs and I don't know little birds and stuff like that then you know like the mangrove groves grow mangrove mangrove swamps are like a very rare um, very rare kind of ecosystem very exciting lots of interesting things in there which you don't find in other places anyway so it's a nature reserve okay over there on the north banks of the river so there's a lot of life down here a lot of canoeing a lot of people using this river which is pretty awesome however this river has also got some serious challenges okay and um, and those challenges are namely pollution because this is an urban river and it cuts straight through like the city and a number of human settlements um, hold on one second I'm going into a sandbank let's just move into the middle here I do not want to fall off <laughs> that would make a horrible sermon illustration uh, so yeah so I'll say like there's a lot of pollution that that ends up in this river because it comes through um, industrial areas and, and a lot of human settlements and uh, and so there's a lot of toxicity that gets pumped into this river unfortunately like a lot of our rivers in South Africa has become polluted very badly and so they've even you know they found salmonella in this and cholera in this river and E. coli levels are super high some years and uh, all the guys who do the doozy are, are terrified not of the rapids but of actually those E. coli um, levels because I mean you can get if you get if you swallow some of that water and it's in uh, you know it's got high levels of E. coli you can get very sick they call it the doozy guts and um, it's like some serious diarrhea but like really life-threatening as well sometimes so um, so yeah, so it's got a lot of toxicity. I mean, even last year, something really bad happened. You probably read about it, that like a major ecological disaster happened to this river. There was a factory that failed somewhere uh, upstream, I think near Peter Marisburg, and like over a million tons of, of uh, vegetable oil got pumped into this river, amongst other things, and, and it literally killed all life in the river for kilometers like kilometers birds fish plant life you name it everything was just getting totally totally destroyed um, by that pollution so so this river has some serious toxins in it and and I guess it's actually quite a good river to learn to paddle on because you really 
don't want to fall in this river okay <laughs> you you don't want to spend any time so you'll learn very quickly to stay in your canoe or on your SUP like I'm on right now um, so that you you don't end up maybe taking in some of those toxins now it's quite interesting to think that you know if you rewind the clock about a hundred years ago and you were like maybe it was a hot day like this and you were walking along the banks of this river you know just chilling out if you were thirsty you could stick your head in this river and just drink it I mean how cool is that all right um, nowadays you don't want to you know you don't want to come down to this river if you're thirsty and like put your glass in it and and have a good drink because of those dangerous levels of toxicity so anyway the point is this is that <laughs> what is my point <laughs> I'm looking for an excuse to do sermons outside the church <laughs> no I do have a point to this okay stay with me people all right stay with me this is a next level sermon illustration okay can somebody say next level in the comment section I want to see lots of next levels happening okay this is next level all right the point is this don't pollute the rivers no I'm not that's that's another point okay um, yes, we mustn't pollute our rivers and I hope that you're recycling. Hold on one second, stand back. Okay, I'm back. Um, so yes, don't pollute the rivers. But, you know, we've been looking at the this river in Ezekiel, this picture of a river. And, um, and, and we've been seeing that that picture is actually a picture, or meant to be, a picture of the Christian life, okay? That this, that river that we see in Ezekiel, it brings life wherever it goes, man. Even through the desert, and then it arrives at this place called the Dead Sea. And it transforms the Dead Sea into a place of life. I mean, that is a river of life. It's, it doesn't get impacted by its circumstances. It actually connects with the source, which is God, obviously, and literally transforms the place, the desert through which it's traveling, and arrives at the Dead Sea and transforms the Dead Sea. And that's meant to be a picture of us, people. We are those rivers of life. I mean, we're connected to the source of life, God Himself. Jesus said, if you believe in me, rivers of living water will flow from your innermost man. Yeah. So we're meant to flow with the life of God into this world that's, you know, just full of, you know, dark stuff. And we're supposed to be lights that shine and we bring hope and we bring solutions and, and where there's, you know, darkness, we bring light. And so we can literally plug into God and we can bring life wherever we go. That is a picture of our lives. And that's what we're, we're just reminding ourselves in the series. We're reminding ourselves that that's who we are as the people of God. We are rivers of life. So we don't look at the world around us and go, oh, this is horrible. And then we conform to the pattern of this world. No, no, no. We, we bring impact and transformation where we go. If our workplaces are full of just, I don't know, just, you know, darkness and all sorts of hopelessness and backbiting we we bring peace and we bring order and we bring love and blessing okay so that that's what we are we are rivers and so here we are on a river okay and um the thing about this river that i'm on is is that it's become toxic in uh, in many ways and so it's got life flowing there's some life but there's a lot of toxic stuff in this river as well and so it's not 
the river of life that it could be because of all the pollutants that have flown into it. And we can be just like the Umgeni people. We can be a river and we can, there can be life, we can be bringing life, but we could not be maybe bringing life to the, to the degree to which we could because of some toxic stuff in our lives. Okay, and so that's what I want to talk about this morning. So if you have a Bible, then join me in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18. And let's, and let's go deeper into this thought. So 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 5 reads, Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war. An appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. When the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistines, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. And this was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. This made Saul very angry. Very angry. What is this? He said. They credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands. Next, they'll be making him their king. I want you to read this last part with me. It says, so from that time on. Can you say it again? So from that time on. On, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. So, saints, here we are back in the church again from the river. And we're reading this passage in Samuel. And what we're noticing some, here is something happens to Saul um, on this day. Something happened from that time on. This was a turning point in Saul's life. Something happened to him that really changed the entire trajectory of his life and his purpose and his mission. It was like a, it, it was a pivotal moment. All right. And we know just from, you know, the rest of his life that, that what's, what actually happened in this moment was that Saul became toxic. It was just a song that uh, the, the crowds were singing and everybody was celebrating and, and everyone was like rejoicing and everything. But, it, but because of his, maybe his insecurities or his pride or, or something like that, what, what happened was it says that from that time on, he kept a jealous eye on David. In other words, he became toxic. He opened the door of jealousy in his life. And we know from the rest of the story that jealousy, that jealousy that he had grew into like this bitterness and he was, just became bitter towards David and, and that, that bitterness started to ang, uh, uh, manifest in anger and, and aggression and he started to try and attempt to, to murder David and, um, and we see rage coming out of his life and, um, and, and it starts to affect his ability as, as, a, as a leader. He starts making unwise choices and he starts um, making stupid decisions and, and he's not leading correctly. Why? Because he opened a door of jealousy and with that door just came a, a whole bunch of other stuff. And eventually Saul just became so 
toxic from that point on. I mean, I always wonder, like, what could Saul's life actually have been like if he didn't open the door on that day? You know, it says from that time on, he, he kept a jealous eye. It was like a, a pivotal moment, a turning point where he opened the door and, and his life changed in direction completely. Instead of being this, this river of life to Israel, this, this leader who could take the nation forward and, and lead the nation in more victory and raise up other leaders behind him and, and empower David and, and put David into the position when he was gone. He chose jealousy, he chose insecurity, he chose fear and, and pride and he felt like he had to hold on to this position that he was given. I mean, he was given it anyway by God, you know. Um, and, and everything we have in life is given to us by God. But there's, as soon as we try to hold on to things, then, then we have to sustain them in our own strength. And that's what happens to Saul here. And anyway, he, he, get, he becomes toxic and his life changes direction. He's not a river of blessing, a river of life to, to the nation. He is actually a river of division and death and destruction to the nation. So it all happened when, when he, he allowed just this toxic way of thinking into his life. Okay? Now, now we can read that and go, yeah, that was Saul and we're different and whatever, but come on, let's just have a moment of honesty here. Right? This happens to us too. Okay, we also, life happens to us and we also get toxic, okay? Like, I don't know what, something happens, maybe not to the degree like of Saul, okay? But, you know, maybe, you know, in, in some kind of subtle way we become toxic. Like, for example, you know, you, you're in a group of friends and you don't get invited to something. Everybody's going, maybe you got left out or something. And from that time on, you're like... Hmm, I'm done. I'm like, I'm not trusting people. I'm not giving them anything. You withdraw. You, you, you don't, you stop investing in certain relationships. You, you, you with, you kind of, you start to isolate yourself or, you know, just something happened and you open a door and a toxic way of thinking, like, like pollution comes into a river, like we've been talking about. Just we open this door and this like, Pollution, this toxic waste comes into our life and it starts to affect the flow of our life. It starts to affect the power of our lives, the, the ability for the life of God to flow through us. Maybe like even you've experienced this in, in the workplace, like, you know, you know, maybe you get treated unfairly or you don't get noticed for something or whatever. Something happens in the workplace and then from that time on, you're like, you don't trust leadership. You you start dishonoring leadership. You start you know you you don't you just do what's necessary. You don't like go above and beyond like we see in David's life. You know everything Saul gave him, he did it so excellently, so he got promoted. And that's a sign of like a, a healthy soul. A healthy life is we we do more. We give blessings. You know people ask us for X, we give them X and Y. You know that's the Christian way. Our boss asks us for something, and we we go above and beyond duty, man. That's that's who we meant to be in the world, okay? Rivers of life. But like something now happens and you're like, oh, I'm not giving anything more than, you know, exactly like four o'clock, I'm clocking out. That's, I work eight hours a day. My lunch break is from here to here. That's all I give. You know, you just start, you, you, something happens and you open the door and, and like something toxic comes into your heart. Or maybe, let's get real close to home. Maybe the church isn't there for you when you need it most. Like something happens in your life and your, your church buddies or whatever they're not there for you like in the way you wanted them to be there for you and and suddenly you from that time on you're like skeptical about church you're not you're not really like 
an advocate of church anymore. You kind of like you, you're not really a believer in accountability or um, community or getting this in or living an open life or loving your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's all kind of like you just you just kind of like churches are clocking. I do my Sunday sir. I do my king. I'm out. You know, but you kind of like all the walls are up, protections up, isolations there. You know, you don't even you don't even speak highly of the church anymore. I mean, I've met enough people like that in my life, man, who have been burnt and hurt by the church and and now they're just you know they've allowed some sort of toxic thing to come into their lives and they're just church is, is is not the bride of christ anymore it's not the object of god's love in their hearts they think about it differently there some sort of toxic attitude has come into their hearts this can even happen in your relationship with god yeah, like, I mean, you can go through a series of difficult things in life and you're praying for things and you're trusting God to do stuff and, and it doesn't work out the way you thought. What happens? Well, from that time on, you can start not trusting the Word of God or not really believing in prayer like you used to believe in prayer or faith like you used to believe in faith or Him, like maybe maybe He's not a good God after all, maybe... He doesn't actually have good plans for us. Maybe, you know, that you, you, you can you can allow a, a toxic way of thinking come into your life, and it can affect your relationship with God. And and like the Omgeni River, okay, there's life. There's still life in you. There's there's stuff's happening. You know, there's still a, a move of God, but there's this other toxic attitude, disposition of heart that has that has come into your life as well. And so the river of your life is not abounding. You know, the, the blessing and the favor of God and the and the life of God is not pouring through you into this world, but you know, it's kind of like a little bit and, and a little and a bit of this. And and you kinda of like, what are we gonna get? Are we are we gonna get the God part or are we gonna get like the toxic part of you? Alright? So so we don't want to be like that, okay? Um, and so we want to, we want, if, if we want the life of God to really flow in our lives, then we've got to get rid of toxic ways of thinking and attitudes of heart. Make sure our hearts are clean and pure. The Bible gives us a long list of possible toxic heart conditions, okay? Um, we've seen in the life of Saul now, we see, you know, anger and jealousy, which leads to bitterness. Um, I was just thinking about bitterness and I was thinking about David's wife. You know, do you remember the story when David came back from battle and he was dancing like so much and he was like celebrating so much and, and, and well, it wasn't actually from battle it was because the ark was coming in and he was just dancing and, and, and his clothes were falling off and he was kind of getting naked while he was dancing, but he was just so happy in the Lord. And his wife was like up in the palace watching him out of the window, seeing the crowds with him. And she saw that and, and it says that she despised him. She opened the door for like a toxic thought to come into her life. And she despised him. I, I kind of imagine her as like one of those snobby princesses. Like, you know, there's a way to do things. And this is not how royalty behaves. And, you know, just she just looks at him and despises him. It's like, that's not how you should be. Or I don't know, something like that. But but she opened her life, her heart to something toxic. And the Bible says that she was struck barren from that time on. So like whatever... We open our hearts to whatever toxicity comes into our hearts. It always has an outflow. It always has a way of, of ending up in our lives. It always has a way of, of manifesting in our bodies or manifesting in our relationships or something like that. 
Okay, it, what's in always always comes out. The Bible, you know, also talks about cynicism and pessimism being like a toxic. And I think we're living in a time, man, where just cynicism abounds, pessimism abounds, man. I'm like, I'm so done with it. It's just you just. You know, every second person is is cynical about life or cynical about the church or cynical about the government or pessimistic about the future of our city or you know, it's just it's like we live in this this world of like, you know, cynical people. And um and, and how do you know that how do you know here's a test for you, how do you know that there is an attitude of cynicism, a toxic attitude of pessimism that's crept into your heart? Well let me ask you this question. How are you, uh, what are you like when there are people around you who are overly optimistic or overly friendly or overly encouraging about the economy or the government or life in general? Do you get like irritated? Do you get angry? Do you like, like, what's up with this person? Like, what, what are they on? Like, do, what, what actually happens in your internal world when you're around people who are like speaking faith and joy? Does it make you retreat and withdraw and get a little bit irritated? Well, that's a good sign that there's a toxic disposition of, of cynicism and pessimism in your life. I mean, we could go through so many. You know, there's greed or materialism um, is a toxic way of, of life that comes in. You know, Jesus spoke about the sower who sows seed on soil where there's, um, where there's weeds and the weeds grow up and they start to choke the life. And he says the, the weeds are really the love of this world and the love of possessions. Um, and materialism can do that. It's a, it's a toxic way of thinking that like you just become like everything's about what you wear and what you got and getting the next shiny thing the next gadget the next car the next shoes the next house the next da, 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 da. this materialism it, it can make you toxic and it squeezes out the life of god in us it literally jesus said it literally chokes the word and makes it unproductive that's basically saying it, it fills your river with such a pollutant that that like stuff just starts to die the life of god dies around you um we could carry on uh, you know i wrote down here yeah, dishonor as well i mean we live in a climate nowadays of dishonor you know it's popular just to dishonor the government our leaders um not to show honor to people to our bosses to, to uh, dishonor is rampant and we and and the problem is if, if we allow a spirit of dishonor into our lives is is that toxic way of thinking we actually start to cut ourselves off from the blessing of God in our lives. You know, if you can never see anything good in leadership, or uh, if you can never honor those above you in the Lord, or if you just have this continual attitude of like always looking for the faults and always looking for what's wrong and always, you know, trying to find something that's wrong, you actually put yourself in a position where you, you rob yourself of the blessing of God. You, you rob yourself of the reward that comes from honor. Because there's always a reward attached to honor. You know, the Bible says if you, you honor your parents, you'll live long. There's always reward attached. The, when Jesus was in his hometown, they didn't honor him, and so none of them got healed, you know? So there's always, so this is, this is, it's a toxic attitude, this dishonor, and the result is that the life of God does not flow through our lives. I, I mean, I could carry on and talk about worry or a victim mentality or, these are all toxic ways of, of thinking. They come into our lives, 
and they stop the life of God. Now, the opposite of a toxic heart uh, is having a pure heart. Okay, That's the opposite. And the Merriam-Webster Dictionary describes pure as this. It says, pure is unmixed with any other matter. I, I really love that definition. Unmixed with any other matter. So, you know, um, if, we, if we put that into Bible language, it basically means this, is that you're about one thing. You know, in, in the Bible, that means you're about the God thing. So to be, to be pure in heart is to be about one thing in your heart. It's to be about the God thing. So in your heart, you, you have a pure heart when you are thinking about yourself the way God thinks about you. Like you, the, you, you've embraced your thoughts about yourself are, are the thoughts that God has towards you. All right? You haven't mixed the way God thinks about you with, with maybe like what the devil says about you or, or what your experience says about you or what the world labels you as. Or you haven't mixed the, your, your beliefs about yourself with with God, so that would be unpure. Okay, then suddenly now there's mixed. There's 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 a dichotomy. All right, there's duplicity. There's division. There's two two. It's not pure. The same could be with regards to your your thoughts about God. You know that you, the way you think about Him is the way the Bible tells you. You know, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. That your frame of mind about who God is is framed. By the word of God. And, and so your thoughts then are pure towards God, you know? So, so the, a pure heart is one where basically what we've, we've gone after is, is how does God think about people? And, and that's how we think about them. How does God think about me? That's what I'm thinking about me. How does God think, you know, what does he say about himself? That's what I think about him. What does he say about the future? That's what I embrace for my life. That is purity. That is when we, when we are embracing everything that God says about the life around us, that's when our hearts are pure. As soon as we start adopting what like Satan says or whatever the world is saying, then we become mixed. We're not as pure. Now, Jesus said this, okay? He said this in Matthew 5 verse 8. He said, Blessed, can you say blessed with me? All right, blessed are the pure in heart. Why? For they shall see God. Isn't that awesome? What does that mean? Blessed are the pure in heart. Okay, so there's a blessing attached to having a pure heart, people. Okay, when our heart is pure, when we're thinking right, all our attitudes and disposition are the way God wants us to think about life and people and our boss and our kids and our spouse. When there's this purity of heart towards life, when there's this purity of heart towards the future, there's a blessing attached to that. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. Why? For they shall see God. In other words, you, when you have a, a, a pure heart, you're going to see God move in your life. You're going to see God flow in your life. You're going to see the flow of God in your parenting. You're going to see the flow of God in your workplace. You're going to see the flow of God in your ministry, in your connect group. You're going to see the God flows, the life of God flows in a river that's, that's pure. 
okay? When our river is pure, that you'll see the life, the blessing of God begin to flow. Now, there's a great example of this in the Bible. We don't have time. I'll kind of just paraphrase it. It's in John chapter 1. And um, it's, uh, it's the story of Nathaniel. Okay, so Jesus, uh, Philip goes and finds Nathanael and brings him to Jesus. And as Nathanael is coming towards Jesus, Jesus says, Behold, this is a true son of Israel in whom there is no guile. In other words, in whom, who basically who has a pure heart. This is a true son of Israel who has a pure heart. That's what he says about Nathanael. Okay, this guy, Nathanael, must you know, be an amazing guy. And Nathanael looks at Jesus because this is the first time he's meeting Jesus. And he's like... How do you know me? And Jesus says to him, I saw you under the fig tree. I don't know what Nathaniel was doing under the fig tree. That's like got my imagination many times. I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he was just meditating on the word or praying or whatever. But Jesus, whatever he was doing there, Jesus saw him under the fig tree. And I bet like maybe just an hour before he met Jesus, that's where he was. He was sitting under the fig tree and he's amazed. He's like, what? How did you know that I was under the fig tree? How do you know me? And Jesus then says this word, these words to him, and I'm just paraphrasing, but he says this. He says, you're surprised that I gave you a word of knowledge? Greater things shall you see. Greater things shall you see. Nathaniel, you who have a pure heart, what are you gonna, what's going to happen to you? You're going to see greater things. So there was this purity of heart about Nathaniel, and Jesus looks at him and says, man, you're going to see greater things okay so this is the this is the this is the promise man come on guys that i want us to go after it's like man we want to live toxic free lives okay why because we want to see god flow through us we want to see greater things don't you want to see greater things man come on i want to see greater things i want to see the dead being raised i want to see the lame walking the blind opening their eyes i want to see the deaf hearing you know what i I want to see God's power manifest in my sons, in my family, in, in the city of Durban. I want to see the lost coming. I want to see greater things. All it requires is just let's get our hearts pure. Let's get, let's get every, whatever's toxic in us, let's get rid of it, man. And then we're going to see the life of God begin to flow. So this is why the Bible says in Proverbs 4, Guard your heart for out of it, uh, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. Can you say these words with me? Come on. Let's say it. Wherever you are, let's say it. Guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. Just let the, those words sink in for a moment. Guard what? What do you have to guard? Guard your house? Guard your car? Guard your job? Guard, guard your family? No. Guard your heart. Why? Because it's the heart that determines the course of your life. That's powerful right there, man. So, you know, so often we, we kind of think we've got to go fix stuff out there. We've got to go get everything right out there or we've got to guard stuff out there. The Bible's telling us, guard your heart. Guard your heart. So that's, we can all do that, right? We can guard our hearts. Why? Because it determines the course of your life. So what's in here... All right, well, now your heart is like your, your soul, all right? Your mind, your will, your emotions, your thoughts, your attitudes, your disposition towards God. Guard that. Protect that. Make sure it stays 
pure. Make sure that nothing toxic gets in there. Just like maybe you guard your house with, you know, I got like a Rottweiler and an electric fence. You know, in South Africa, we, you know, we, we protect our lives. We, you know, some of you have got like baseball bats under your beds. I know. All right. That's how we live. Okay. We, just like you, we guard our houses. We, we guard our, some of you like with new cars, you guard your car. You know, you park it in the parking lot and somebody comes and parks a little bit too close to you. You're looking at them like, really? Don't, is, you know, you're like, you know, this is the line, bro. Like, just, we guard our new cars. We, I don't know, we guard stuff. But the, the most important thing to God is your heart. Guard it. Protect it. Make sure nothing toxic gets in there. Why? Because it's this guy that will determine the course of your life. Think about that for a moment. The attitudes that you have in your heart towards leadership, towards the church, towards your spouse, towards your boss, towards God Himself, those attitudes determine where your life goes. Man, that is a powerful thought right there. That, that just cleaning this up means I can expect brighter days. Yeah. It determines the course of your life. Okay. Spend too much time on that. What happens if we don't? What happens if we don't guard our hearts? Well, let's just quickly rewind to, to 1 Samuel 18. 1 Samuel 18. Quickly. Alright. That same scripture that we're looking at now. Look at what happens to Saul. When he kept that jealous eye on David, okay? It says, so from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Now we read that. So his eye, okay, on David is jealousy. He opens the door of jealousy. Look what happens next. The very next day. People, can you say the very next day? The very next day. A tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul and he began to rave in his house like a madman. How crazy is that? Like Satan wastes no time. <laughs> he wastes no time like the next day. It's basically, the way I see it is this. Saul allows this toxic attitude into his heart. And it's like, it's like, do you know, like, do you know how you can like, you can cook meat and, um, and then all of a sudden there's flies. Have you noticed that? Like, they just come like from nowhere, like they weren't there 10 minutes ago, but you like you bring that meat off the bride, you put the food down on the table, and immediately there's flies, you know, there's just flies that come. And it's like, like they are so attracted to the smell of the food and what's happening there, they just come, okay? And, and this is like what, like, this is like how I see Satan, all right? It's like he is so attracted to toxic thoughts and attitudes in our hearts he is attracted to them it's like he can be like cruising over the city demonic powers can be cruising over the city and it's like whoa what is that is that jealousy let's go whoa what is that offense let's go whoa what is that materialism let's go okay it's like we invite unnecessary spiritual warfare when we allow toxic things to remain in our lives. That's why Ephesians 4 says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Because why? Because anger gives a foothold to the devil, it says. In other words, your disposition of anger or bitterness or jealousy or offense or whatever, this, this toxic way of thinking gives a foothold to the devil. In other words, he comes into our life and begins to harass us. I mean, we see it in an extreme way with Saul. But this happens to us too. I've seen this in people's lives. You know, I've just got a feeling right now that for some of you, you're just waking up to the fact that you are 
in unnecessary warfare because of a toxic way of thinking in your heart. Man, I want to break that off you right now in the name of Jesus. There is warfare in your life. You're experiencing warfare in your life. And it's like the harassment of the enemy. And you're wondering why. And you, but it's actually because you've opened the door for something toxic to come into your heart. And I don't know what area it's in right now or whatever. But listen. Repent. Close the door. And let's kick the devil out of our lives, people. Let's not, let's not give him any foothold. Let's not give him any landing pad. Let's give him nothing to work with. Okay? Can you say amen to that? I just say, be free in the name of Jesus. As you repent right now, as you repent of that thing, and, and you confess that before the Lord, I pray right now that you are set free, you close that door, and you walk in freedom. That, that whatever it was that was harassing your life is now free in Jesus' name. So, that's what happens to Saul. The next thing that happens if we don't deal with our incorrect, so we have unnecessary spiritual warfare if we have incorrect attitudes and disposition, but also our language begins to change. All right, Jesus said this in Luke 6 and verse 45. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever is in the heart eventually comes out in your mouth. And why is that a bad thing? Well, because your mouth then begins to affect every area of your life. All right? As you, whatever's in here starts to come out here. And you can, you can test what's in your heart by what's coming out your mouth. So if all that's coming, you know, you can't trust Christians, don't do business with Christians, or, you know, um, you got just like negative things about the country, neg- or you just say, oh, nothing ever happens right for me, and, you know, my life is always a, tr- a struggle, and, a, and a, 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 what's coming out of your mouth is a good picture of what's happening in your heart. And, um, and in James chapter 3, verse 10, he says this, he says, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Can a spring bring forth both pure water and salt water? Now, the Apostle James, what he's saying here, guys, is that like, we can't have blessing and cursing coming out of our mouth or salt water and, and pure water coming out at the same time. He's like, choose. <laughs> if you're a child of God, let your language align with the Word of God and the promises of God. Okay, uh, if you're not of God, then then speak like the rest of the world, but don't don't live in this dichotomy. This ought, he says there, this ought not to be so. So we got to grab a hold of our of our language, okay? And and eventually, if we don't grab a hold of our language, every area of our life starts to get affected. In Hebrews 12, it says the following: It says, "Make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness," and that could be anything. I mean, that could be a root of cynicism. Or a root of pessimism, or anger, or a root of racism, or a root of dishonor. You know, see, make sure that no one lives with the root of something toxic sprouting within them, which will only, look at what it says, this is the Passion Translation, it says, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. Yeah, <laughs> that's powerful. That attitude in your heart, that toxic way of thinking, is only going to cause trouble. Let me tell you something. It is not your friend. Okay? It is not your friend. It is not going to do you any good. You got to get rid of it. 
it will cause trouble and it will poison the hearts of many. In other words, it's going to start poisoning the people around you. It's going to start poisoning your children. They're going to start taking it on. You're going to start poisoning your you're like friends in the Lord and you're going to share your bitterness and you're going to share your dishonor and your hurt and then you're going to create this like cesspool of ugliness and trouble and then relationships are going to get broken and, and I, you know, it's just, it's just trouble, man. And we see that in the life of Saul. So, so what do we do, right? <laughs> the point here is, is we've got to live toxic free lives, okay? That's the sermon for today. Toxic free. We don't want to have this like semi-life and, and semi-toxic stuff happening in us. We want to live lives that flow with all of the goodness and the promises of God. How do we do this? Well, David prayed a dangerous prayer in Psalm 139. He said this. He said, Oh Lord, search, my, oh, oh my, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked or toxic way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting life. Basically, David prayed a prayer where he was like, Lord, show me to check me. Check me out. Check me out. I'm bringing my heart. Is there anything toxic in me? Show me if there's anything toxic in me and like bring it to the surface. That's a dangerous prayer to pray. And I want to encourage you, pray that prayer. Pray that. Say, Lord, where have I become toxic? Where, where's my thinking? Where are my attitudes not lining up with your word? What, what, is, what is in me that is not of you? Where have, where's my heart not pure? Where have I become mixed? A little bit of you, but like the world and Satan t- and, and other thoughts and, you know, where, where am I mixed? Where am I not pure? And I, be- I believe he's going to show you. And in fact, I've got faith even right now. He's showing you right now. I believe that as I'm speaking, there's a, a discerning that's coming upon you right now. There's a revealing that's happening over your life right now. There's, there's a blanket or a deception that's lifting off you right now in the name of Jesus. And you're starting to see your true condition. You're starting to see stuff that, whoa, man, I didn't even realize. I'm carrying anger. I'm carrying this like, materialism, this greed or this lust or this, this thing. What, it's just it's coming, this revelation is coming to you now. That's when we pray, man, it's powerful, okay? It's powerful. What do we do with that? Well, in, in, in Psalm 51, David then said, Create in me a clean heart. And so the way we get rid of toxic stuff is we go, we just keep bringing it to the Lord. We keep, bring your anger to the Lord. Bring, bring your toxic stuff to the Lord. Like, don't think this for a moment. Don't think that you gotta go try and fix it. Don't think that you gotta like go get your heart right somehow by yourself and then come back to God. No, 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 no. Bring your heart in whatever state it's in. Bring, bring that, bring that offense that you're sitting in. And bring it to God and go say, God, this is, I'm so offended, man. I'm just like, it's, it's become so much. It's, it's, it's polluting my thoughts. And I just want to be rid of it. And you, what you do is you just surrender it. And you say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a, a right spirit. Renew a right spirit within me. And, and, and you keep doing that. And I'm telling you, just like the disciples had to stick out their dirty, smelly, you know, dusty feet and allow Jesus to wash their feet in that, in that upper room. That's, that's the, Jesus did that and he said, Peter was like, no, 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 don't do that, Jesus. You know, I, I, I should be doing this for you. And Jesus said these words to him. He said, if you don't let me do this, you have no part in me. In other words, 
man, this is my job. I'm the healer of your heart. I'm the cleaner of your heart. I'm here to help you with all of that ugly, dusty, dirty, toxic thing that's in your life. Addiction, whatever it is. Some, some of you are bound in addictions. Right now, you're being set free in Jesus' name. Right now, you're realizing, man, you, you've been hiding from God because of that thing. Right now, you're bringing it to the Lord and you're being set free in Jesus' name. Man, I'm getting faith for TV ministry now. I'm telling you, God is speaking out, people. Some of you are getting set free in Jesus' mighty name. Man, just, you don't have to deal with that thing in the dark anymore. And, and you don't think that you have to solve it and then come to God and then let your life in God start. No, you can, you bring that to Jesus. Bring it to Him. Bring that drug addiction. Bring that porn addiction. Bring what it, what it is. What what are you struggling that offense, that toxic thing in your life? Bring it to Him. He is the healer of hearts. It's His job. That's what He said, I'm here to do. I'm here to do that. I'm here, what, no, ba- no matter how bad it is, just keep bringing it to me. Surrender it to me. And man, watch the power of God begin to flow in your life, saints. Watch how He begins to break that addiction, heal your heart, Renew a right spirit within you. Make your heart pure again. And then watch how your life will change. Saints, I've run out of time. I just, I just bless you. I, I, you get the picture. Let's not be rivers that are half and half. You know, let's, let's get rid of this toxic stuff. And let's be a pure flow of the life of God in Jesus' name. I bless you. I pray strength to you. As you go and examine your heart, I pray God gives you the eyes to see what it is He's dealing with in your life. And I, and I thank you, Father God, right now for everyone who's hearing this message that you are healing, you are delivering, you are setting us free so that we can be rivers of life that transform this world. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you. Thank you for that, Pastor Wayne. What an epic word you know going out into the river and paddling up there for just a sermon come on (laughs) who else does that you know we're keeping it alive with online in online church um yeah but i just really loved this sermon and talks about you know not being toxic and in order for us to truly respond to this word we must really look on the inside of ourselves like what pastor Wen was saying you know that guard your heart check yourself check yourself let's take a moment and check ourselves where are we where are we at and uh you know i believe that god wants to meet us wherever we are regardless of how toxic we are regardless of how heavily laden we are regardless of our past and our and in our, our previous experiences god wants to meet us lord and he wants to meet us where we at and I pray that this today, as this sermon has gone forth, that God is beginning to minister to you and uh, to do something amazing in your heart. But we believe the most important decision you could ever make is to actually start by following Christ. to By making a decision to follow Him who uh, lived the life that we should have lived, who had no sin, who was not toxic, came to live a life that we should have lived, which is a life that was free of toxin. And died the death that was deserving of someone who was very toxic. And rising on the third day and offering forgiveness to anyone who would repent and believe in him. And offering him a fresh new start. 
a fresh new river that's flowing of life. And if that's you today, I really trust. And the Bible says, uh, if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will truly be saved. And if that's you, I'd like to pray a prayer with you that you may confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. Uh, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I believe that your plans, Lord God, for me will good, Lord Jesus. And I admit that I'm a sinner, that I've fallen short of your grace. And there's nothing that I could do to ever uh, obtain salvation on my own. I believe that Jesus died for me and that he rose again, offering me forgiveness. And I accept it and I take up um, my position as your child through the blood of Christ. And I thank you and I renounce all my sin. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer with me this morning, congratulations. You've made such an awesome decision in your life. But it doesn't end there. We'd like to help you to get to know God, to follow Him better, to grow in your faith. And, uh, you know, just to be awesome all around Christian. If, and if that's you and you want to get connected, hit us up on that WhatsApp number. It's on the description. Or you can just, uh, go to our website and you can just say get connected. And there you can put in your details and we'll put you in a connect group or we'll have someone help you to walk this journey. But besides that, thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. I wonder where we will be. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.